Howdy there, buckaroos. We've got a real narrow rabbit hole to go down today. I mean, we're talking about something that barely really exists, at least in any kind of organized or explicitly named kind of way. You know, this is music that's out there, sure, but it's definitely not like calling any attention to itself. So what we're on the hunt for today is instrumental, ambient, droney music that's got some country and western flowing through its veins. And a lot of this stuff paints like a very, uh, let's say, distinct kind of visual, maybe a forgotten time and place. You know, it actually helps to picture the most stereotypical shit you can. Things like the Great Frontier, the wide western expanse, uh, an empty rocking chair, rocking on a porch, some raggedy dudes playing cards in a horse stable, shit like that. Or actually even better, like the last scene in No Country for Old Men, or the ending credit music to like a really, really depressing episode of Deadwood, like shit like that. If you start thinking of stuff like that and what that music might sound like, we're definitely in the right ballpark. So we're going to call this music Ambient Americana. And I won't actually refer to this music as that beyond this because it sounds so cringy when you say it out loud. But it works for the episode title. And it's also a phrase that I've seen applied to music like this before, but it's usually referencing like old American primitive guitar stuff like John Fahey or like even newer dudes like William Tyler. Basically that like twangy instrumental guitar music, dude sitting in a chair with a beat up guitar just like who's totally brilliant and is like composing these these amazing uh, songs just on his guitar. But that, that kind of stuff differs a lot from the stuff we're going to hear in this episode. I mean, there's definitely guitar and pedal steel and like faint banjo with a lot of this music you're going to hear, but it's usually taking a backseat to instruments that are used way more in like ambient music and new age music and drone and maybe even noise. And those usual kind of country analog instruments are used more for texturing than anything. They usually don't drive the song. So I'd hesitate to think of this stuff as a subgenre of ambient music. It's just not really big enough to be on anyone's radar, I don't think. You know, I think the big boys orbiting this kind of world might be bands like Earth or Dirty Three, but I don't know, like both bands are still a little too rock and roll to qualify here. And we don't want any rock music. We don't want any pop music structures. We definitely don't want any kind of jamming or anything like that. But, uh, you know, actually thinking about Earth, I do want to shout out the album Hex because it's a great record that's adjacent to the vibe we're going after today. But, like, almost more importantly, the album cover for Hex is 100 million fucking percent the aesthetic to this rabbit hole. So much that I'm, I'm gonna make it the art for this episode. And I could be wrong, but I think I remember reading that Stephen O'Malley from Sun did the layout for that album. Anyway, just look at the artwork and you will know intuitively what kind of music we're talking about. So I have a theory that everybody 
uh, at least every red-blooded American loves like the basic idea of country and Western music. And you got like the shuffling rhythms, fiddles and banjos and pedal steel and the vocal harmonies. It's great. Like I'm, I'm an Arab dude, which makes me like pretty much diametrically opposed to whatever it is to be an American these days. And even I love this kind of music. It's, you know, it's comfy, down-home music, and uh, here in these United States, we're just comfy, gullible folk who believe in our own stupid mythology. So, you know, along with, like, maybe blues and jazz, it kind of slots somewhere into our collective minds as something unique to the bullshit nation-state building us humans seem to be so invested in. But the music you're hearing now, like, underneath this is not from the Breaking Bad theme music, but it's actually Ry Cooter's score to the movie Paris, Texas from 1984. And it's kind of a decent starting place for this kind of stuff, although it's like a lot more on the nose than the music we're gonna hear today. So after doing like five minutes worth of internet searches to try and find an easy answer for the origins of this kind of stuff, it would seem that a lot of music nerds and journalists are pointing to Brian Eno's Apollo album from 1983. And for those who don't know, Brian Eno is considered like the godfather of ambient music and super influential on, you know, at least like 10 other genres of music, whatever, we don't need to get into that today. But that album Apollo is a record that soundtracked a documentary film of 35mm footage of the Apollo moon missions. And while most of the album is, it's just kind of like what you'd expect from a Brian Eno ambient album about a space mission, there's a few songs towards the end of the record that take a very distinct country and western turn to them. And I guess Brian Eno had uh, Daniel Lanois, who's like a frequent collaborator of Eno in the studio, um, playing steel guitar on those particular songs. And these tracks have always been my favorite stuff off this record. And I guess Brian Eno listened to country music as a kid while he was living in England. And he listened to it on like American Armed Forces Radio. And this is all according to Wikipedia. And so that influence bled into the soundtracking of the film. But like how or why he put together space and country music, I mean, like I have no idea really why, but I don't know. You could probably make some kind of like academic thesis about frontier making in the West and apply it to space. I I don't know. That's like probably a stretch. And most likely it's like intellectualizing something that was probably just like a gut feeling at the end of the day. hear the western vibes on this particular track which is called deep blue day so this is a a really well-known song off apollo but you can hear it like that alternating bass finger picking thing that you hear so much in country the thing that's going like but it's like extremely slowed down 
and like applied to ambient music that's meant to soundtrack space shit like i don't know it totally works it's perfect so you know maybe brian eno is a starting point here it, it sounds like pretty good chance that he is i mean he might as well be like that fool invented uh, like i said 10 genres of music but the stuff that i'm gonna play for you today really goes off in a lot of different directions i mean it's all like drawn out and slow moving I mean this is definitely going to require very patient listening for sure otherwise you're going to be asleep within four minutes of this but what this music all has in common is that it's using the techniques it's using the textures of ambient and drone music but it's applying this country and western filter to it and it just sounds so good like it's the perfect music to be sad to or to take with you on a camping trip and then get sad to or to clean your guns to and if you're cleaning your guns and listening to this kind of shit well i just have a mind to stand up and salute you all right let's get into these songs the first track is a banger well it's a banger in as much as these types of drumless rhythmless songs can be bangers so this artist is named chuck johnson the song is called labradorite i and the album is called balsams this is a uh, chuck's 2016 album and the first one he's composed entirely of pedal steel guitar music I mean, he's definitely incorporating some electronics and synths and probably sub-bass to this mix as well. But uh, Chuck Johnson's music prior to this is a largely instrumental guitar, uh, acoustic guitar, I, I think 12-string sometimes as well, uh, music. And he's this guy who, who creates these amazing compositions out of his guitar, a highly skilled player. But his move into pedal steel is like definitely a, a great move, I think. This is a perfect album to wind down the day. It's very melodic. I see it as some kind of continuation of what Eno and Daniel Lanois were doing on, a, on Apollo, those tracks that I played for you before, especially because Lanois was providing pedal steel on a lot of this stuff. But you would think an album of comprised entirely of pedal steel guitar would get old, but it's just so melodic and calming and well-produced type album you want to play really loud and just zone out to so uh here is labrador i by chuck johnson
This next song is by a group called Date Palms. The track is called Exodus Due West, and it's off the 2013 album The Dusted Sessions. And Date Palms are a really interesting group. By their own admission, they're informed by Indian classical music, country, minimalism, and spiritual jazz, which... You know, I, I someone like myself reads that and is like very excited, but I'm also like a, a tiny bit skeptical that this could be a total disaster. But it really works. This track I'm going to play for you is n- not the best track on the album, not even by a long shot. But um, compared to the other tracks on this episode, I think it brings in this idea that this kind of music can be very cosmic and very psychedelic. I'm fairly sure there's even some perhaps indigenous or Native American sort of melodic influence happening here. And there's also a tanpura being played, which is like a long-necked kind of like string instrument that you pluck that is uh, Indian in origin. Um, This track also has analog synths, and it, it just, the whole track screams like peyote trip or like a very peaceful part of what I imagine a peyote trip is like. Uh, It's very like, palm springs but or it's not palm springs jot like it's very joshua tree like that part very deserted part of california sort of vibe but you know minus all of the hipster bullshit that gets really attached to that so um this is a really psychedelic track and uh this whole album is actually really excellent highly recommend it date palms
So this next track is from the band Grails. This track is called Alms, and it's off the album Red Light from 2004. But the album doesn't really matter that much. In fact, the band doesn't really matter that much because this is one of one of those songs that doesn't reflect what this band sounds like at all. I mean, Grails is a truly all-over-the-place type band. I mean, they do everything from, you know, psychedelic rock to, like, lo-fi hip-hop to um you know like heavier riffy or kind of middle eastern influenced rock too but uh this this is just one of those small little vignettes in one of their albums that perfectly represents the extremely sad extremely tragic flavor of sound when it comes to this i mean this is definitely the weeper of the whole episode so um Go ahead and uh, emotionally prepare yourself for this a little bit. The next group are an interesting one. This is Boxhead Ensemble. 
So these guys are a revolving door kind of band led by a guy named Michael Krasner, who's really the only steady member of the group and who have largely existed as a band to score films and documentaries. There's not really a ton of information out there about Boxhead Ensemble, but uh, it's really wild if you actually look at who has contributed or played in this group at one point or another. Like, You've got David Grubbs from uh, Gastro Del Sol, Glenn Coach from Wilco, Jim O'Rourke was in this band, Doug McCombs from Tortoise, Scott Tuma from Sold American, uh, Mick Turner and Jim White from Dirty Three. I mean, that's just... The list kind of goes on from there. But this track, Nocturne 5, feels uh, heavily improvised. And given the fact that a lot of the people that I just mentioned, or all of them, pretty much come out of like improvisational and ex- experimental music and jazz, it makes perfect sense why it would sound this way. I mean, this is definitely has a jazzy thing going on. This is the jazz side of this type of thing, while still remaining very much in in you know ingrained in the sound that we're going after
All right, now on to something a bit different. This is Beyond the Veil by John Porras. And this is off 2012's Black Mesa album. So um, reading off their band camp, uh, Black Mesa is intended as a reflection on desolation and the search for light in a barren land. The album follows an outlaw wanderer who ventures deep into the desert only to discover the Black Mesa, a bridge between worlds as related to string theory or multiverse theory. So uh, I don't really know what any of that means. All I know is, it, yes, I want it. It fits into this category. And yes, I want it. Give me it. I mean, this is definitely hitting the darker side of this kind of stuff, which we haven't really gotten into yet. It's very heavy on distorted guitars and the use of feedback. And it's probably going to alarm anyone who you happen to be sharing a room with right now. But uh, the other thing is I'd, I'd recommend John's other group too. They're called Barn Owl, a great band name, by the way, who are like a really ominous sounding drone band that also play around with reflecting this like harsh, unforgiving aspect of the desert, like through sound. So get ready for some heavy shit here.
Oh man, have I lost you yet? I have a feeling I've lost like 90% of the listeners at this point. But if you're still with this, thank you. It's part of what we're trying to do here. Test your patience. Create more patient listening. I don't know if that's doable, but you know we're out here trying. So this next one is by a gentleman named Scott Tuma. And the track is called Eloper. And it's off the album Not For Nobody, which is his third solo album. And it came out in 2008. I know that this guy was in a like an alt-country band called Sold American. I've never actually listened to. I tend to not really go for a lot of like the alt-country kind of stuff myself. But a lot of his uh, solo career has been very squarely in this world that we're navigating. You know, this rabbit hole that we're going down. And this is a great track. It's very mournful and has like a a shuffling kind of rhythm to it. And it's something that if, if this hasn't soundtracked like the ending credits to some heavy existential cowboy shit, then um, people out there who score this stuff are just not looking hard enough.
close to the end here this next one is by a group called Sari Selka and the song is called Subsurface so Sari Selka is a collaboration between two composers one of them is Marielle Jacobsons so she is actually in that group Date Palms which I played earlier and she's on Fender Rhodes organ and synthesizers and then the other collaborator is Chuck Johnson, who we heard uh, in the first track, the guy who plays the pedal steel. So uh, things are starting to get very incestuous here. I mean, I told you this was kind of a small world. So uh, what else can you do but shit where you eat, right? Anyway, this album is from 2019. So this is a new one. And the name of the record is The Ground Our Sky. And this is the other track on this mix that I think might be a good through line to Brian Eno's experiments with the sound, but taken up a notch for sure. I mean, this is very like new age ambient sounding to me and it even dials back a little bit of the country. But, um, at the end of the day, this is like lying on the grass, staring up at the sky music. I mean, they might as well just like name their album that, uh, this is great stuff. It's a really good song, a really good record. And if you're listening to this at night, you should maybe you should like just take a step outside and uh, stare up at the sky while this plays.
All right, we have arrived. We're down to the final track. And this one is by a project called High Ored. The track is called River Run Like Jewels, and the album is called Sanguine Futures. So High Ored is a project of John Kolodij. Definitely killing that one, but uh, I think it's Kolodij. Uh, anyway, it's like heavy, spacious music. In my opinion, High Ored is, is the musical project that's taking this sound forward um, just by bringing in a lot of different influences and changing a lot over the course of the discography. And this project is one that I find myself coming back to the most. And I also get really excited whenever there's a new High Ored release, of which there it tends to be a lot of them. But it's the perfect kind of mix of noisy and subdued and light and dark for my taste so uh i do urge you to check out the rest of the discography from high Ored, and we're gonna go ahead and go out on this one today so thanks for coming down the rabbit hole with me it was a weird one but uh maybe it's a fitting one for the times i mean you could just throw one of these records on and watch the empire decay in real time right and I wouldn't be a, a true American if I didn't make this whole thing transactional. So smash that subscribe button if you haven't already. Send this podcast to your nerdy friends. Post it to your nerdy forum. And leave me a rating and review. Be perfectly honest. You can say whatever you want. If you want to tell me to die, uh, you can do that at thesonicloth at gmail.com. And yep. I think that's it. All right. Till next time, you chuds.